Welcome to a, another Extreme Encounters. My name is Graham Stanley. Today, I want to talk on the surpassing greatness of His power. The surpassing greatness of His power. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. And what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of His strength and of His might. These are in working in accordance with His strength and His might. I just want to throw something in here while we're talking about that. Everything, and it's, it's one of my pet subjects, everything that happens in our lives does not happen because of any other reason that it's him that is working through us to achieve his purposes in the world and we are the vessels so that surpassing greatness of his power the more you open yourself up to that and the more you allow yourself to be used in the area of God's power the more of that surpassing greatness will flow from heaven into your spirit and from your spirit out your mouth. If you look at any of the great leaders from Bible times into modern day, the most successful leaders are people that have realized this one fact that they are vessels for the kingdom and that all they're here to do is to convey what it is that God has placed in their heart and become that vessel to release that and bring about blessing and edification in the world. All great leaders have done that. I heard a very interesting story from a man that was South African preacher. He, we, we considered him to be the South Africa's Smith Wigglesworth, and he was great friends with Smith Wigglesworth. A man by the name of Justice Duplessis. Many of you might not have heard of him. I started experiencing encounters with him later in life, in his 80s. He tells the story of when he was sitting in his office one day, one morning, busy doing office work. And Smith Wigglesworth was staying at their home. 
And the next thing, his office door burst open. And Smith Wigglesworth came in, grabbed him, threw him up against the wall, prophesied over him, and turned around and ran out. Later on that day, when Justice sat down and spoke to Smith, he said, you didn't even say good morning, you didn't even sit to have a cup of coffee, none of the, you just ran in, threw me up against the wall, prophesied, and then you left. And Smith Wigglesworth said, that's all God told me to do. I was being obedient to the Lord, and I was carrying out His desires. We have to come to a place we, where we are 100% sold out for the kingdom. Where we realize that everything and anything that we have achieved and accomplished and purpose in our lives is because of what God has released from heaven to us. Now, my text is, that was just a prologue. My text is, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power? And that power can also be interpreted as dunamis or dynamite power, ability, grace, miraculous power, power to perform miracles, is all encompassed in that word. One of the key aspects of the power of God is that you cannot measure it. You cannot, one of, that's one of the key aspects. And if you want to walk in the presence and the power of God, that is something you're going to have to come to terms with. You cannot measure or contain the presence and the power of God. You can only yield to it. You can only yield to it. Some of the greatest revivals that have taken place in the world throughout history have come because people realized that the Holy Spirit and the move of God and the kingdom of heaven is far greater and far ex more expansive than what they can imagine or think. And Ephesians chapter 3 tells you about that. One of the saddest things I have seen is when people say that they want to have revival. They want God to do a big thing. They want God to move in their lives and in their church and in their community. And he, they want to do God to move in a big thing. And I'm speaking from experience because I've been there. I've been around people like that, that, yes, we want God to move, we want God, yes, Holy Spirit move. 
one or two things happens. When he shows up, he challenges their status quo. You see, because we've got to understand something about any move or any power display of the Holy Spirit, the first thing he's going to challenge is the way you perceive him. And so he comes and he challenges you. And the first thing that happens is they reject it because why? It doesn't fit into the parameters and the dimensions of what they expected. Some churches are so bound by doctrine. And I know because I've seen it, I've been involved in it, I've, God used me to, to bring about a massive move of God that would have affected a whole area. And the church that God chose wanted to measure it according to their doctrine and their um, denomination. And when God didn't fit into that, they rejected it. They called it all kinds of things and just point blank rejected it out loud. And God had warned me about this prior. He said that they are disobedient. They say they want me to move. They say they want to see a demonstration of my power. I've sent you there to that, but they will not have it because they will not change their ways. And when that broke, they were excited, and God used that to show them exactly where they were, and they did not like it. When God moves in your midst, He's going to change everything around you, through you, and in you. Because he's going to come and challenge your perceptions of him. And if you're not yielded to him, it's going to be a massive shock. I'm speaking from experience. When God first started touching me and moving on my life, it was not anything that I expected. And so I tried to keep it as business as usual, the way that I was doing it always. And God said, that was fine. That is where you were now. But I want to move you to where I want you to be at this point in time. And I wrestled with God for must have been years, about at least two years, three years before he could get me and win me for himself. It's not an easy thing because your mind wants you to stay where you are. Because your mind is used to thinking and operating in a certain dimension, in a certain way, and the minute that is upset, your mind begins to dictate the terms of what your spirit must do. It's not your spirit. Your spirit's been born again. You're born, your spirit is eager to do what God wants to do. But your mind gets in the way and it begins to dictate the terms 
of what God needs to do in your life and through you and around you and for those. And so many times people miss out because of religious traditions, because of doctrine, and because of uh, um, denominationalism. We have to get, grasp hold of the power. If we want to see the surpassing greatness of his power moving through us, and it's not because you've got some fancy name or a, a, a billboard or a title. He will move and use anybody that is available to him. There was a black man with one eye that committed himself, that gave everything he had in America at the turn of the century. He put it all on the line and he would not give up until God showed up. Started the Azusa Street revival. If you want to be used in a mighty way and you want God to move upon you and do spectacular things, and don't look at names and titles, look within yourself. Ask Him to check your heart, check where you are. Are you available? Are you ready? Are you willing? He will use anybody, but He's going to need people that will heal. What happened in Acts chapter 2? There was a mighty rushing wind, and what happened? The whole place was filled. And that wind, God spoke to me, said, I blew that wind through there because it not only blew everything around them, but it blew everything within them because I wanted to change church. So if we want to change, we've got to be prepared for the surpassing greatness to bring about a change, and we might not want to fit in with it. So be prepared. If you're saying, God, use me, move on me, do whatever you want to do with me, then you're going to have to be prepared. Blessings. Love you lots. See you again.